We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's just the, I'm there for the fries. The, the, the fries and the vibes. The fries and the vibes. <laughs> Red Robin. Yum. <laughs> this is not this, sponsored by Red Robin. I was just about to say this podcast this is, free is just marketing. A, a commercial for BDSM and Red Robin. Yeah, BDSM, Red Robin, and uh, crying. Welcome to the, the Holy, Holy Hour. Hour. I'm Amelia Sampson. And I'm Liz Ball. I don't know why it's weird for me to make eye contact with you when <laughs> I say my name. I always feel so weird. I always have to look away. I don't know why. <laughs> you're okay. reminding me that you're Amelia Sampson. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Just so we're on the same page. Okay, it's happening. that crack. Beautiful. Ooh, I'm excited to hear how that sounds on the new mic. It popped. It's my favorite sound in the world. It did. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Ooh. <laughs> I am now seeing the same psychiatrist that Amelia is seeing. I am obsessed with her. She is amazing. I know. Um, and she prescribed me Prozac for my anxiety. So now we have the same psychiatrist and the same anti-anxiety <laughs> oh medication. Oh my god! And the same podcast. Wow! Wow! What and can't we do? The and then microphone. I was like, I was like, do you think that um, we're just becoming the same person? <laughs> mm-hmm. We're just morphing more and more mm-hmm. into each other. It's fine. Our voices are becoming like. <laughs> It's bound to happen. Yeah. We're one of those podcasts. Which one's talking? Like, who's who? Who's who? Um, <laughs> I hate those podcasts. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Except for ours. Yeah. We're the, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was like, at the end, I was like, do you also think maybe like I have ADHD? Cause I'm, I'm not sure. And she's like, yeah, a lot of those symptoms are similar. So we can like narrow it down. Once you have been taking this for a little while, then we can see how it's going. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's true. I guess I don't need to figure it all out today. Yeah, no, it sucks with ADHD and anxiety because the ADHD medications yeah. make you more anxious. Yeah. <laughs> and like then impossible. I was I was like having anxiety about taking an anti-anxiety medication. That is the story <laughs> I was life. like that. Yeah, it's well, and then um you and my boyfriend had a good point of like it's okay to be anxious about taking something that's going to change your brain chemistry. Yeah. And she she pointed out, she's like, there's multiple ways you can change your brain chemistry. One of them is therapy. Mm-hmm. Another one is medication can help. And then I was like, she do be right, though. Did she draw, um, like, a... She drew me a little graph. I she's amazing. She's, she's just, so sweet. She really is. I was like, I'll tell you my life story, girl. <laughs> she's so easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. And she always just seems, like, genuinely interested in, like, your life which is really hard to find in prescribers because they're just like yep they're just trying to get as many people as they can through the door yeah that sucks and that like in this circumstance it feels like she is genuinely listening and she's also one of those like doctors that's like you don't have to take medication like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do yeah because a lot of the times I think that we feel like one size we get a one-size-fits-all assessment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one size does not fit all we're all so different yeah yeah and it sucks because this is not a small deal taking mental health drugs is not just like taking ibuprofen and I feel like a lot of prescribers treat it like that because they're like you know in the pockets of these 
like big pharma. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And like, I never felt like one of those like big pharma until I started seeing my old psychiatrist. I mean, it is so clear that uh, you just want to, you just want to get money. I wanted to fucked. secondhand strangle him. Yeah. He was the, he was the worst. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so happy. Me too. That you talked to her. Yeah. And she like, I, I felt really heard just because I was like, I know my body well enough to know I'm really sensitive to medication, mm-hmm. which leads me to another point. Um, I was talking to my therapist this last week and I was explaining all of these different things. I was like, like why I wanted to add medication management Mm -hmm. to just like my mental health journey. And I was like, I just cannot function day to day. I don't know how I'm surviving at work. Like Mm -hmm. I'm getting all my work done, but I'm miserable and it's not because of my work. It's because I can't focus Right. So I'm just like, and then I'm like, can I not focus because I have ADHD or can I not focus because I have anxiety? And then I was telling her all of these little things that I do that like my family has always made me believe is like a result of being high maintenance, but it's not. It's because I'm a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, that's a real thing. Like that's an actual title. Yeah. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, this is me. And then like, cause anytime like I have, um, I don't know, like, my boyfriend's like, you're really laid back. And then I think about the times that my friends or someone I've been dating says that to my parents, and they, like, laugh in my face. fucking hate that. And I'm just like, so then this entire time I've always thought, like, oh, I guess I must be high maintenance. But I'm not. I just get overstimulated really easily. Mm -hmm. So it's just nice to, like, not feel like I'm a crazy person. There's something very relaxing about getting a diagnosis. And I didn't realize that until I read about generalized anxiety disorder. Like when I was like 17, I found out what GAD is. And I was like, Oh my, Oh my God. Like this is all clicking into place. Like there's, there's a name for these things that I've felt for so long. So it's like, I don't just reading it and just knowing like, it does feel so nice. It does, because you don't feel alone in it. Because, of course, you're not. But knowing that there's, like, be, being able to put a word on something is so nice. And I had that experience with my depression diagnosis. Like, I was one of those people that never wanted to say that I was depressed. I was just like, I'm just sad. I'm not, dep- I'm not depressed. I'm not one of those people that are de- And then I got diagnosed, and I just, like, st- and then I just started, like, saying that I was depressed. And it started to feel more like an identity in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Like, I just felt like that was, like, I felt seen by the diagnosis. You yeah. Know what I mean? um, like, now you're controlling the narrative. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you're totally. not, like, just kind of like a victim to, like, whatever is going on inside. Absolutely. It, you're like, like anchors I you. know what this is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, having like a title to put to something is really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. I'm so glad that you're doing all of these things. Me too. And taking all of these steps. It's just like, it's huge. Mm-hmm. You're just like, you're turning your life around. And it was so helpful that she was just like, uh, if you don't like how this makes you feel, you can stop taking it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not <laughs> I can just, to- I don't have to keep doing this if I like, am not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. It's not a contract. So. I'm stoked I've been thinking about how I'm not the only one having this kind of like existential crisis yeah because we're going through a global pandemic Mm -hmm. and that's something that none of us have ever experienced before Mm -hmm. in our lifetimes yeah (laughs) or like our parents or our grandparents right and um seeing like we're forced to question our belief systems Mm -hmm. and our belief systems are formed when we're children And most people get to live their lives never questioning it. They're just, like, raised a certain way in a certain religion with certain beliefs. And then you just live those beliefs and then you pass them on. Yeah. And then you die believing those beliefs. Uh And then now we're, like, forced to sit with ourselves and question our beliefs and um, be in a position where we can actually, like, stop and see the problems in our in our world like whether it's racial injustice or the government completely dropping the the ball (laughs) on handling this pandemic 
Yeah. I don't know why I got off on that tangent. <laughs> this is the first time I think that the world has all been experiencing something at the same time for a very, very long time. It's been this yeah. weird unifying thing. It's been like a, an entire, like, there, I, there's no, like, world culture, I guess. But it's like a full world culture reset. It's bizarre. And I mean, like, America's really, really shit the bed. Like, I read today that 1 in 22 tests are positive in America right now. One in 22. Oh my God. The fuck is that? And like, then there are countries like Australia hasn't had any like contact transmission in like three months. I don't know if it's actually three months, but like even, even I just, just a day here, please. Yeah. <laughs> I just want a day of it. So I, I hear what you're saying. It's like a very, like it's bringing everybody together and, and keeping everybody. It, it's, it's almost like we're all experiencing like, PTSD at the same time yeah because we're all seeing all of this death every day and it's affecting us in ways that I don't think that we know yet like um my best friend is getting her PhD in clinical psych and when this all started she said that they were already talking in terms of like pre and post pandemic like mindsets because it, this is going to change everything about everything. And that's just wild to think about. Like we're experiencing that right now. And I don't think that we know right now how much it's going to matter in the future. Yeah. Cause this is huge. Like I still think about Ebola from time to time. And that was like a fraction of this, like, but that was still wild when it was happening because people were actively afraid of Ebola and like bird flu I was never afraid of any of those things. I was like, Psh, that'll never happen. <laughs> and that's how I felt about coronavirus. I'm sure a lot of us did. We're like, oh, it's going to be fine. This is just another one of those Two things. Weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Turns out, <laughs> 10 months later, how much has it been? Eight months? It started in March? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Bonkers. when I think about that, like, we've all been questioning our belief systems for almost an entire year Mm -hmm. and I don't know about you but like I have been very hard on myself for not like I'm an entertainer Mm. in general Mm -hmm. like I love cracking jokes and socializing and obviously we we co-host this podcast and it's like um, I love doing it but I feel like I'm not interesting and and in my day-to-day life I notice that I'm like oh god I'm not like interesting and quippy and funny enough because I'm having this like existential crisis and I don't know like I don't know if you feel that way if you're if you feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself to like always be entertaining I I mean in a lot of ways I do I don't think that that's so much a function of like what's going on right now though but it's it's interesting that you say this because I've noticed My mom asked me one day, just like out of the blue, she was like, do you feel like you have to always be in a good mood around us? And I was like, no, because I don't. Like around my parents, I feel very comfortable. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, because I'm so like quippy and like bubbly and usually at least putting on a front that I'm in a good mood, whenever I'm a little bit in a bad mood, people are like, Mealy's being a cunt. Because like people don't, aren't used to me being a type of way. And so in that sense, I'm really hard on myself to, like, be somebody who's always making jokes and always, like, happy and, like, the life of the party because people will notice when I'm, like, not in my zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm the same as you. Like, if I don't, like, I get the most, like, satisfaction out of making people laugh and, like, being entertaining and like I get genuine joy out of it it's like not like I feel like I need to be like I'm actually the happiest doing that and I I mean like film is gone right now because of the pandemic and so like I haven't had an opportunity to like tap into that piece of me in a long time and that's a part of the reason that TikTok has been so important to me because it's like I feel like I'm getting some of that back again like I'm getting to like make things again Mm -hmm. like entertain people so in the new season of Big Mouth there's this character that is the Tito the anxiety mosquito (laughs) so I feel like what was normally just like one little mosquito is now a swarm of mosquitoes Mm. so I'm constantly just like in my head of like oh my god I have anxiety about so many things like our planet is fucking dying and the government is failing us and as a as like a human race, we have the resources to help each other, but we just fucking won't because of money, which is also made up. And then I'm just going this spiral 
all the time. Mm-hmm. I have this spiral constantly yeah. of just like, oh my God, why is this happening? Well, we're being forced to look at, like you were saying at the beginning of this conversation, like we're being forced to look at things now, mm-hmm. which is great and horrible because, and that's why I think that um, this round of protests was as involved as it was. So oh, many yeah. people got involved that I would have never have expected them to. They got the opportunity they to challenge the- their belief system. 100%. And we are able to watch what's going on. Mm-hmm. We have so much access to knowledge now. Social media has been a blessing and a curse for so many of these things. I would say the best thing to come out of this pandemic is the level of honesty with each other that we have. I don't think, it, like, I, I think there's something to be said about people being genuine, like, on social media apps. And I think, like, your growth on TikTok is a testament to that. Like, um, we're looking for ourselves in each other. Mm-hmm. And having a community, especially right now, is, I think we're really valuing that. Yes. And um, I think that, a lot of us have developed a lot of empathy mm-hmm. because of that. Um, that's huge. And I think that's something that's really beautiful. Like, yeah, TikTok is the result of, like, a lot of hilarious things. Like, yeah. uh, people make me laugh so hard on TikTok in under a minute. And I'm just like, how am I so lucky that I live amongst people that are this fucking funny? Yeah. And then also just, like, seeing really genuine content, like, And even just, like, helpful content for people who can't afford therapy. Yes. We never heard back from our Twitter fight guy. And I tried picking a different fight with him, and he did not engage. Which Twitter fight guy? The one that was, like, with the avatar of, like, the... the, like, drawing that was saying that, like, you look like a hooker and, like, you can't work in digital marketing because you wear a dress. Oh, yeah. Um, just to catch up the listeners, I got into this Twitter argument <laughs> because I had responded to a politician's tweet um, about, like, a digital marketing specialist. And I read the description and I was like, this, the the requirements for this, like, are sky high. Like, and... I mean, we work in marketing, we work in PR, like, and especially digital focused stuff. So I was like, um, the, this is not enough compensation for like what you're asking for, even though I like very much admire and respect you. And my Twitter avatar is like me in a dress and thigh high boots. And I'm like posing in a mirror and the dress goes up to my neck. And it's, like, long sleeves, which no one wants to talk about. But someone was like, you're a marketing professional and you look like a hooker. And, yeah, Amelia's rolling her eyes. <laughs> which, and it just, like, goes to show, like, how you look has absolutely no, like, meaning or value towards whether or not you can do your job and if you could do, if you can do it well. It is just an outdated fucking point of view. It's just old and tired. It's so stupid. And so Liz texted me and she was like, I'm fighting with Trump supporters again on Twitter. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm dropping everything I'm doing and I'm getting involved. (laughs) If people are being too mean to me, I hit up Amelia. I'm like, someone's fighting with me. (laughs) Um, And I feel my heart rate raise like immediately. And I just go on in. My fight or flight kicks in and I, I, I fight. Well, and then obviously it's always someone who doesn't have a fucking avatar. So I said, like, why don't you show us what you look like and we can decide if you're capable of doing your job. I, I was just like, I was on one. I was like, who's next, bitch? Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, and he was like, well, I, I'm not full of myself, so I don't take selfies all the time. I'm like, I, no, no, no. You know what he said? He said, I'm not insecure, so I don't take selfies all the time. What the fuck kind of correlation is that? Insecure is such a jump, too. Yeah. And also, it's like, I'm not taking selfies all the time. This is just my avatar. It's just like, and his avatar had, like, the facial hair of a Trump supporter. So I was like... Yeah, it was like a memoji. Yeah. Right. Who uses... It was a bitmoji, wasn't it? No, it wasn't memoji. It was the memoji. Ugh. I can't... I truly can't deal. So anyway, we never heard back from him. I tried getting involved. And then someone else was like, what's your OnlyFans? And I said, I don't have one, but here's my Venmo since I know you'll jerk off to my picture anyways. This is so good. I like, these are things I don't even think. I'm just like. (laughs) Yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) This this politician should hire me if she wants me to clap back. She's probably reading this. Yeah, she's like, fuck yeah. We want her. Writing down her handle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of OnlyFans. Yes. 
<laughs> Amelia has an OnlyFans story, and I have a million questions. I texted Liz last night. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna back up. I'm gonna start from square uno. So um, I got blessed, and speaking of TikTok too, I got blessed by the TikTok gods. They put me on Kink Talk. If you don't know what Kink Talk is, or if you're not on TikTok. As we were saying, the For You page, like, shows you what they think that you would be interested in seeing in the most mm-hmm. basic of terms. And somehow, I ended up on Kink Talk, which is, like, BDSM TikTok, and it is actual heaven. Like, it is the sexiest humans ever just, like, doing what they do. <laughs> Are, is it, like, thirst trappy, or what is it? Um, It's... Yeah, I'm, a, a I'm lot trying of it is. to compare the kink talk I get and the kink talk you get. Interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, so this specific example I'll explain um, because it segues nicely into my OnlyFans experience. Um, this man popped up on my For You page named Seth Donchess. Donchess? I don't know how to say it. Seth Donchess? Seth, if you're listening. <laughs> Tell us how to pronounce your last name. Yeah. Yeah, we need a, little, we need a lesson. <laughs> I need to know how to say your name. <laughs> okay. Da, so. Da, da, <laughs> yeah, how, how do I pronounce my last name? <laughs> <laughs> but he pops up and it's it's him doing ASMR of like a, like a kink scene. And okay, so if you guys don't know what a kink scene is, um, a scene is like. It's it, like that experience within BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, so like each time you have sex is a different scene mm-hmm. and it can entail something different. Like maybe it's role play. Maybe it's um, like Shibari, which is like fancy bondage. Mm. Um, Shibari is pretty hot. You should look it up. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm getting exposure to this world up. that I haven't before. Up until this point, I've had like a Liz level of exposure just and, from like and what even you've mine told is me. just pretty. Uh, I'm not super knowledgeable, but, but you've you're like learning about it, and it's been, yeah, it's, I've been like experiencing it through your eyes, and then like porn. Like I've always been like, well, in porn, they're also not explaining things. No, they're and not I'm just like, like this Whoa. is Shabari, right? Exactly. This is this kind of relationship. This is a brat, like, right? Like yeah. you know, I had had no, not I was just like, I guess all of it is like intense and yeah. like painful. All of it's kink, and all of it is you just get hit in the face. Like a lot of leather, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like that's not it at all. Like, no, there's so many levels to it. It's a world, and there's a whole quiz. Take the quiz. <laughs> Yeah. You'll learn some stuff. In general, people are pretty kinky. Uh-huh. But also having terms for it is, like, fun and, like, helps you explore. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, like, a scene. Is is just kind of, like, maybe you're role-playing. Maybe it's just, like, uh, you have agreed to, like, do a certain kind of BDSM experience together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it also doesn't have to entail sex, but yeah. that is what a scene is. It Yeah, it runs deep. Mm-hmm. And I have been so interested in learning more about this. Like, there's a lot about BDSM, not about, but, like, on the peripherals of BDSM that I've always liked. Like, I've always liked getting slapped, like, in the face. Well, and then <laughs> when I think about when you first told me that versus me now... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, BDSM was one of those things that it was like, I didn't realize I liked it until I experienced it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I understand why Amelia liked getting slapped. Yeah, and like choked and like degraded. Like, I don't, not like, I don't want to like cry, but like, I love like being called names. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just, I've always liked it. And so, like... So, like, some degradation names that are still hot is, like... Slut. Fuck toy. Slut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love... Fuck toy. You just, like, say it with, like, so much finesse. Little fuck toy. (laughs) (laughs) And then whatever you want to call your dom. Maybe he's sir. Maybe he's master. Or she. Mm Mm-hmm. Call her mommy. Love a lady, Dom. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been an interesting little learning experience. So I got exposed to this via TikTok even further, and I got ex- – I, Seth popped up on my newsfeed, and I got into a rabbit hole with this man. I was just – I sent Liz his profile, and I was like, 
I am in love. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this man, but I am I am fully invested in everything about his existence. And Liz was like, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised because he's not like what I normally find attractive. There's something about him no. that's so. I mean, he's he's like. With all due respect, Amelia, I feel like your type is a little bit of a pretty boy. Oh, a, a pretty fuck boy. Yes. There's only one guy who is on my list of yours right now who I still approve of. Yeah. <laughs> Who Music I think man. is I think he is a dom deep down. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't think that he is, but he I don't is, think that he is a million times more of a dom than fake dom. Uh, oh, a absolutely. million times more. He, his whole thing is he doesn't like after sex. He's very, and I know now that this is not this doesn't negate it. But like after sex, he's like, oh my god, I'm like I'm so sorry, and he apologizes, and I'm like that's like part of aftercare. Like then we mm-hmm. like wind down, <laughs> and you don't need to apologize. You don't need to. We're, we've agreed to have, like, sometimes I'll have him come on my face and he's like, he's so into it. And then afterward, he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, I'm going to get you it. And I'm like, we've agreed to I this. I agree sir. to this. Yeah, this is okay. This is okay. So I feel like. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. If I just send him, like, some literature, I think maybe we can, like. Send him the quiz. I should send him the quiz. I should send him the quiz. You can see what kind of dom he is. I'm such a simp for that man. I am embarrassed 90% of the time I engage with him I will marry him okay (laughs) so anyway back to Seth so I got into a rabbit hole with his videos and like he has a lot of ASMR where he's explaining scenes and it is so so sexy like he is so sometimes he has like footage of him like just like kind of like super cuts of like him doing shit and I'm just like I need more I need more of this like I'm so... Well, and we've talked about this kind of porn where, like, um, mm-hmm. it's just, like, a narrator yes. explaining what they're going to do to you. Yeah. And I'd never heard of that kind of porn, like, kind of, like, audio porn. Right, and I'm a super audio you are, person. yeah. I love when dudes moan during sex. Like, I'm so audio. And so when I've been, like, actively seeking out porn, I usually search for, like, narr- narration. That's what I've been looking for. And it, it hasn't been doing it for me. Like, everything I've been finding online, I'm just like, ugh. But then I see Seth and I'm like, I need, I want this pumped into my ears all day. Like I am like, I live in go like, to the gym. I, like. Yeah. Like that is, that is my pump up music. Like let's fucking go. <laughs> Tie me up. And so <laughs> I saw that he has an, I was looking through his comments and somebody asked for like, they said like, is the longer version of this on your OnlyFans? And he said, yeah, I just put it up. And I was like. Your ears perked up. You're like, this maybe OnlyFans. Yeah. And and I have been thinking a lot about OnlyFans, but there hasn't been a creator that I've been like invested in spending money on. Um, I We've talked a lot about our issues yeah. with porn and like porn stars not being paid well. And for that reason, I've wanted to give money to OnlyFans. And so I was like waiting for like the right creator to come along. And, <laughs> and he did. And so I finally dropped some coin on OnlyFans for this Seth character. When you told me you were like, I think I might make an OnlyFans, I was very confused. <laughs> Did you think I was going to be a creator on yes. it? Yes. <laughs> I was like, no. uh, is the TikTok day. money not pulling through? But I also, <laughs> I know you're donating it, but still, yeah, I was just yeah. like, uh, if you want. Maybe one day. <laughs> I mean, who knows? I could get away with some feet pics. I have eczema, but... <laughs> People might be into eczema fever. Oh, picks. absolutely. They might be into it. There's a market for that. If you've <laughs> thought of it, it exists. Eczema feet pics. I'm, I'm. You don't have to show zero. your face. I don't. No. Honestly, I might do it. I was looking. I mean, okay. So I, <laughs> I'll back up again. So I got a three month subscription because it was a 40% off sale if you got it again. And I was fully absorbed into OnlyFans. For this platform is phenomenal. Like you pay a subscription for a specific creator and then you can fill your wallet so you can tip people. Um so I just put like $10 in my wallet and then you can tip them per video. Ooh. And people get a lot of tips on their videos. Like people will make like $100 in like 10 minutes on one of their videos. That's insane. It's incredible. Like people are getting what like what they deserve and I just fucking love it. And it his it's just everything I thought that it was going to be. It's it's fantastic. And I and I fucking love that it, there's an ex, a feeling of like exclusivity with it being something you have to pay for. Like porn feels very obviously it's not like OnlyFans is you can you can buy like personal videos on OnlyFans, but it's not 
personal, but there's an aspect of it that kind of feels like like a secret society because you've like paid money to see it. Yeah. And well, and there's something that is like kind of campy about porn. You yes. Know? Yeah. It's very performative. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest difference. I I don't have only like an OnlyFans account to mm-hmm. subscribe to anybody, so I don't really know. But I would assume you're getting that more of like authentic kind of feeling if you're subscribing to like the kind of porn that you're interested in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, I, there's something about it. That's just like, there is the campy aspect of porn and just like the kind of just like, I don't know. A lot of porn is very like, and a lot, some people are into this, but like the really like sloppy, like makeup running down your face. I don't like that shit. And that's like 99% of porn of is like, it's intense, disgusting. There's literally nothing that caters to women. Mm-hmm. And it's just all this weird, like, I don't know, so much of it. I saw this comparison once that was like uh, me while I'm watching porn. And then it's like this beautiful like pizza that you would see in an ad. And then it's like after watching porn, yeah. like how it looks. And then it's just like a gross like dingy picture of like an oily pizza (laughs) and like that's exactly how it is yeah I don't know yeah and then when you're when you're like not a straight man like that's how porn looks a lot of the times Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're just like real why am I not fitting into this narrative yeah I hate it here (laughs) it's it's really awful so much of porn is awful and then also just being educated on how the porn industry is like Mm -hmm. I've been really wanting to check out OnlyFans for for a while yeah um and so I'm glad that I I pulled the trigger on it like it's a really cool platform and it feels very like everybody that's on there and I this is probably not the case but it feels like because people opt in to do it and they're making their own money, it feels like kind of like a happy place to be. It's yeah. very, it's, it's You're like, I know the money is going to this person. Yeah, exactly. Instead exactly. of like, who was it? Mia Khalifa, like mm-hmm. did porn for like four months and made. Like nothing. Yeah. Not as much as she should and have. she's one of the. Top creators. Mm-hmm. She's on Pornhub. Yeah. And now she's, she was on my homepage of OnlyFans too. I was like, fuck yeah, girl, get your coin. It's, it's really a cool platform and I'm happy that I have spent money on it. Like it's, it's really, it's interesting. So I'm glad I'm, I have a window now into OnlyFans. I kind of like joke about OnlyFans cause of like, <laughs> I'm going to sell fee pics, but like <laughs> it's, it's cool. I'm really like, it's, I'm, I'm hyped on the existence of it. Yeah. You know? I really like that. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of just also, like, we all know porn is free on the internet, but during a global pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, why not support yeah. small creators who Absolutely. actually need this money instead of giving it to, like, some shitty big-ass corporation that continues to share people's rape videos? Yes. Yeah. And all the human trafficking that goes on, too. Yeah. Like, it's just really disgusting. And, like, it's hard to, like, get off to, like, something that's so obviously problematic. Yeah, and you're, like, you also don't ever really know. Right. Yeah. Somebody could seem into it and not be. Or, like, it could look like a home video and it's not. You know what I mean? So it's just, like, I don't know. But, yeah. So I have, I feel as though, and I've been joking slash not joking a lot about, like, my sexual awakening coming soon. And, like, I really do feel like it's, I'm on on the horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I'm exploring men, like, the existence of men <laughs> differently. Girl, aren't we Just all? in the past, true. Just in the past, like, month, I feel like I've been looking at, like, partners through a different lens than I ever have. How, so what would you say, like, that difference is? I don't, I really don't know. Like, it just feels like when I'm on apps, like... I guess I do now. Before, when I was looking for people on apps, I was looking for guys that I could just, like, have a good time with for a sec, and then just, like, not after that. Now, I'm looking at people, like, could I marry this guy? Which is interesting, because I'm not ready for that yet. Like, but I also feel like I'm transitioning out of my hookup phase. Like, I, like, fake Dom. I feel like if fake Dom happened six months ago it wouldn't have 
been as shitty as it was because I would have been in the same mindset that he was in. But because I'm in this mindset of like wanting to spend my time with people that I can see a future with, whether I know it or not, like whether I'm like actively looking for the person or not, I think there's a piece of me that is like trying to find somebody I can spend a future with. You want some kind of like I need some sort of connection. future. Yes. And I wasn't really looking for that before. Would you say so you're looking I know you said like you're like, oh, could I could this person be marriage material mm-hmm. material or something? Would you say that you would be able to like sheer that down to just being like, okay, I, I can see myself just in a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But at the same time, I don't want to be exclusive with somebody right now unless I can see myself marrying them. Um, I'm just not trying to waste my time anymore. Like, I see everybody around me with... I'm my only single friend. Save one. (laughs) Like, that's it. And I don't feel pressure from that, per se. I'm not like, oh, God, I got it. Like, I don't feel that. But I see them and, and you, and I'm like, I want that kind of partnership. Like, I'm, I'm somebody that needs that kind of partnership. And with Music Man, it's been an issue because it's like, he's been the only person that I've been able to see that partnership with, and he is me six months ago. Mm-hmm. But, like, in a very real, like, this is going to be a lifelong thing for me kind of thing. And so, like, that's been hard for me to separate myself from because, like, I'm still coming to terms with that piece of my life not being a thing anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. I, when we first started hooking up, I was like, yeah, I'm also not really looking for anything. And that was genuine. And now, like, I've, like, caught feels. Like, when I say I'm a simp for this man, (laughs) and he doesn't listen anymore, so I feel safe saying this, I am a full simp for this man. Like, he has, he does not give me as much attention as I act like he does. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not me, but he is the first person really since my ex that I can see myself being with exclusively and it's a weird feeling and so like I'm I'm kind of like navigating this world in a different way and as a result I'm I'm viewing myself in a different way and like I'm seeing my future like sexual prowess differently and so like this whole experience with like kink talk and like being like so into everything I'm seeing there and then like taking the plunge to like spend money on like more of that content like I'm seeing myself operate in ways that like me six months ago would have been like you're gonna spend money on the whole entire internet has porn like why why are you spending money on it but like I I see myself shifting in like what I'm expecting and what I'm wanting to consume and so it's just I don't know it's been an interesting like self study I will say the most interesting thing I've noticed about this um like journey that you've gone on uh I've noticed like particularly with Music Man you're not nearly as like um worried about when he's texting you Mm -hmm. like um and not just with him in gen like I mean in general Mm -hmm. like you seem less like you're you care if that's a thing Mm -hmm. it's so obvious like how happy you are with yourself oh Liz. and not to say that you weren't before but it just like um the way it's showing up is different now but another thing I was gonna say like um in I feel a little bit of the opposite in my relationship now and like how I see relationships in general of just like I thought I was going to spend my life with someone and now I have to watch them spend their life with someone else And it's made me not want to rush into anything Mm -hmm. because like I, we were so wrong for each other and I feel like insane forever thinking that like that was going to be the person I spent my life with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now I'm like, I don't need to know the future because I, there have been so many times where I've like been like, oh yeah, I'm comfortable in a relationship because I have predicted the outcome and um like I had a past relationship where we were like yeah we don't want the same things but we're so young yeah (laughs) but we're like yeah we don't want the same things, so let's like plan a day that we break up and shit like that where I'm just like yeah I know this person isn't someone that I want I see myself with and then when you have that in your head there's no pressure yeah and then you can just enjoy the relationship Mm -hmm. and then even like with my ex that I was like, yeah, we're going to get married. 
like that added an like unnecessary pressure to our relationship and made it like shitty and you I couldn't enjoy it yeah. <laughs> like I don't think either of us enjoyed it right at one point we both were just like one point and then at one point and then moving forward we both were just fucking miserable mm-hmm. so even though like now I can never see myself with that person I'm just like okay predicting any outcome is pointless because even if you get married you could still get divorced yeah. there is literally no guarantee about anything right. which that Definitely, that idea and um, acknowledgement definitely made me spiral <laughs> of like, oh, you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I landed on just like, I don't need to know. Mm-hmm. And um, that has been hard for me to kind of deal with of just like, yeah, I don't need to know. Because the times I've thought I've known have blown up in my face. Mm-hmm. So... Why should I rob myself of any sort of happiness I can experience and feel comfortable just being myself um, by trying to, like, predict the future? Because even if I'm like, yeah, we're going to get married and X, Y, Z, that's not a guarantee. Right. There's just so many unknowns for me right now that I don't I don't care. Yeah. If I know the outcome of this relationship, because all I know is like, I'm happy right now and I don't think it's worth robbing myself of being happy right now. Yep. Absolutely. Amen. I truly, I'm in this mindset right now and I know it probably sounds like super hippy dippy from the outside, but like, and I know you feel the same way that like, I really believe the universe gives us what we need for what it thinks that we need for our future. Oh, absolutely. Like, so just allowing yourself <laughs> to kind such of a good point. allowing yourself to just be kind like become kind of like a passenger for that and like knowing like, you know, if you're supposed to be with this person, you're going to be. And like if you're not supposed to be with this person, then you're not going to be. And like just kind of allowing the universe and like the stars to like do what they want to do with your experience is powerful in itself and it gives it like a weightlessness. Like I'm just gonna enjoy this like you're saying I'm just gonna enjoy this right now and something I think that um we don't consider often is like yeah we all have been raised to like want a a wedding Mm -hmm. and have a marriage and a partnership and I absolutely like agree with like you want a lifelong partnership because life is fucking hard alone and Um, To have someone that is, like, your best friend in your life Mm -hmm. and you have um, a very deep level of partnership, it makes life less lonely Mm -hmm. because it already kind of is a really lonely experience. Yeah. Um, No one will ever know what it's like to be you besides you. Yeah. And, um, like, that deep kind of partnership is, I think, something everybody wants to have. And... um, we also don't think about like we all change and you can agree to be in a partnership with someone and like agree to marry them. Uh, but you can't predict how you both are going to change. Yeah. And, um, that's why I like, don't really judge anyone going through any sort of like relationship hiccups because we're all changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And, Like, if it's hard for one person to go through, it can absolutely be hard for an entire relationship with another person to go through. So you have to be able to change together, and I think that's really rare to find. And that's also why I don't feel bad, like, not being married. when You know, everyone around me is getting married or has been in, like, five-plus-year relationships and stuff like that. And then, you know, you do get it. Your ego gets in your head, and you're like, comparing yourself and you're like am I doing something wrong what the fuck is wrong with me yeah everyone else around me is getting married and having kids and I am in my apartment in Seattle (laughs) stoned out of my mind (laughs) watching cartoons um but there's just no right way to do it no exactly and then once you like once you confront those feelings in your head of just like of you know being a little bit ashamed And you're like, okay, there is actually no reason for me to be ashamed. Right. Like, there is no roadmap. Mm -hmm. And there is comfort in, like, having a rule book. But, like, also, 
why do you need to follow a fucking rule book? I just think like as creatures, we we want guidelines. Like it's just more com- yeah. It's, it's comfier to have guidelines. You want to know how to do something because right. doing something that you've never done is scary and hard. And adulthood is scary. So having like guidelines to like guide us along that is nice. But like you're saying like the people around you are getting married and like having lives and like you're like stoned on the couch. It's like. In my 20s, I kind of want to be stoned on the couch. Like, yeah, I'm happy stoned on the couch. And they're happy being married. <laughs> and, like, that's the human experience, man. We're all experiencing shit differently. Mm-hmm. Like, well, One of my very good friends had, like, um, she had an amazing point that I hadn't ever really considered before. And she's been in her relationship for, God, I don't even know, five years, maybe a little bit more. Um, but maybe even seven years. Fuck. I'm sorry. If you're listening, I don't remember how long you've been in your relationship. She's I just like, know <laughs> it's kind of long. <laughs> um, but cause I, I recently saw her at a friend's wedding and I was like, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out because I'm watching all of my friends get to these points in their relationships and their lives. And I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And it's, you know, it's hard to not feel like that. It's happening all around me. And she was like, I mean, everything has a trade-off. Like, I've been in my relationship for this long, and um, we have, they lived with her parents so they could save money, and now they, they have a house. And she's like, but you got to move to another city and have this, like, huge awakening and all of these crazy life experiences so everything has a trade-off. Like, mm-hmm. just because I have this, like, you have something else that I haven't experienced. And I was like, holy fuck, you're right. And, like, I wouldn't trade my experiences for anything. Yeah. So yeah. it really aligns with, like, that inner feeling of, like, everything happens for a reason. And it's right. It's what's right for you. Absolutely. And it's- once you start fight, once you, like, are done fighting that feeling of, like, everyone's getting married or whatever that thing may be. Like, oh, everyone's getting, like, a promotion and I'm not and yeah. like what am I doing wrong mm-hmm. um you're just on the path you need to be totally and like it's that's just so the whole grass is always greener mentality is a testament to that like I think it's really easy to look at what other people have and be like they have it they have it the best yeah and then the people that are like having that are always like, oh, I, like when I wonder I was, what it would have been like if xyz exactly like when I was in my relationship there was a big piece of me and a, it was a big piece of why the relationship ended was like feeling like I was missing out on experiences because I had been with this person for so long mm-hmm. and the other the, the people that were on the side that I was like thinking that I wanted to be on were looking at me and they were like I wish I had a relationship that long if people always want what they don't have like women with straight hair want curly hair and women with curly hair want straight it's hair so true it's like I we wish just, I had a big head of curly me hair too and then all of my friends with curly hair are like no you don't it's too much work I'm like you don't know what I want so don't <laughs> don't tell me what I want don't tell me how to live my life I'm cracking another one by the way so we're going to wrap things up <laughs> with a fun little cue. We're still try- we're trying to like get structure in the end of our episodes and we still haven't really nailed the transitions. No. And the beautiful thing is we can continue to change it until we find something that we like. <laughs> if you like a specific ending, please fucking tell us because yeah. we're floundering out here. <laughs> we just don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Help us. Wait, but before we... <laughs> I guess before we hang up. <laughs> no, you hang up first. <laughs> no, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was going through TikTok. I saw this TikTok where this girl shows, um, have you heard of a minimalist like uh, manger scenes? Manger seat? Manger? What are they called when, you know, when Jesus was, like, born in the manger? I'm the Um, worst person. There's a name for that. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, nativity scenes. Yes. Okay, there's these minimalist nativity scenes. What the fuck? And... That's the most... (laughs) Gen Z thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so they're like the examples of them are like it's like a box and then they're circles and they're different sizes and colors and they represent like the three kings and Joseph and Mary I and baby them. Jesus. <laughs> but the best one I saw was um they're just blocks that say Jesus. <laughs> Joseph and Mary and then one of them says donkey and the other one says sheep and they're so fucking funny (laughs) 
Are they supposed to be funny? I don't know. Jesus is (laughs) turning over in his grave. Just a tiny... There's all these fucking blocks. I can't deal. And I'm like, this is hilarious. And it... Like, I don't know if this is a self-aware thing or if it's serious. We're, like, trying to pay our respects, but we don't want it to take up much (laughs) If it's self-aware, then that's even better. (laughs) They're just like, yeah, you were raised Catholic. (laughs) We have these blocks blocks. that say Jesus on them. And they're, like, different sizes. Like, Joseph is a rectangle and Mary's a square. I... Lo- I I never loved or hated something more in my life <laughs> than than this. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So that's what's bringing me life right now. I wonder if the church knows. <laughs> Does Jesus know about yeah. this? Have you asked Jesus if it's okay? Jesus, did you I know Jesus that should be the biggest block? These, really, these yeah. children's blocks are making a mockery of you. Yeah. They said Joseph is bigger, Jesus. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Jesus is like, um, it's all about the vibes. Yeah. I'm okay with being the smallest black man. I would love if Jesus just like came back and was like raiding nativity scenes and was like, the vibes are off. Do Why you do you think, think I'm white? Do you think it would be like, what if Jesus came back now and he just like sees how many photos like how many paintings of himself as a baby are hanging up in people's houses i would be like y'all or just like these grown-ass adult pictures of like white jesus yeah he's like i was not (laughs) white white." jesus is just like some like western college campus kid who plays hacky sack yeah (laughs) and i honestly like when and if jesus comes back he's gonna be like this is a little heavy-handed (laughs) y'all Uh, when and if Jesus comes back, he's going to be appalled by everything. He's going to be like, uh, why are you using my name to defend your bigotry? Right. Like, why are y'all killing each other over me, man? I just turned water into wine. I was a politician, man. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Jesus out. (laughs) He's big on Bumble. (laughs) Okay. On that note. (laughs) All right. We're going to hell for this episode. I'm convinced. I'm sorry. No. We love you. Uh, we're going to have to say it kind of loud because these mics are quiet. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. We love you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.